The scripture reading for Ash Wednesday is Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, and verses 12 through 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priest and ministers of the Lord weep. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples? Where is their God? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, as we enter this Lenten season, we come with humble hearts. Lord, we confess our sins. We've we failed to love you and we fail to love others far too often. Lord, unite us together. Lord, call us together as your as your body, the church, as one people that we might together confess, that we might together be forgiven, and that we might together move forward. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Well, last year on Ash Wednesday, I came clean with you. I shared one of my own failings and personal piety. You know, people often ask me to pray for them. Uh, I'm the preacher, so it's a fairly frequent request, and I always tell them that I will. Uh, after all, I am the preacher, and I'm supposed to say yes to those sorts of questions. But I came clean last year. Sometimes those were empty words. Too often when people ask me to pray for them, I would say yes, but then never give it any more thought. Last year, I really felt convicted about my own spiritual laziness. My people were counting on me to pray for them, and I was just not really following through like I should have. I confessed that to you, and you graciously heard my confession, and I believe you forgave me. But I also repented. There's a difference in confession and repentance. Uh, confession is simply admitting that I did something wrong. Repentance is changing my mind about how I live. It's turning directions and, and living differently. And I've tried to repent with God's help this year. I resolved to do better going forward. I wasn't just seeking forgiveness. I wanted to do better. In the year since last Ash Wednesday, I've actually done better with God's help. I'm far from perfect. I still have many times of spiritual laziness, but with God's help, I am being more faithful. I made changes to my own spiritual life to that were works meet for that repentance. Uh, I began setting aside time at the beginning of my work days in our prayer chapel. I would go down alone in the prayer chapel and spend time in prayer and uh, and in devotion. I carried with me the prayer requests that you would write on your attendance pads and your attendance cards. I'd spend time praying for each one of those. 
uh, I've added those prayer concerns to my telephone uh, and my notes section of my phone so that I can actually have that available with me almost anywhere that I am. And in most days, I pull out that list and I pray through all of the people that are there. As soon as someone asks me to pray for them, I add it to that list so that I won't be forgetful this time. Uh, a year later, I'm doing better. I'm not where I want to be. Uh, there's still those times I don't think to look at my prayer list, but I'm doing better. However, in that same year, I've discovered the pitfalls of personal piety as well. Personal piety is not enough. It's not enough for me to just spend those quiet times in devotion. Uh, our religious experience, our, our faithfulness to Christ calls us beyond those few religious moments in the morning. Uh, See, so during my private times in the prayer chapel, no one ever disagrees with me. It's easy to be united when you're the only person in worship. It's easy to love others when there are no others around. In times of isolation like we've had during COVID, it's especially easy to insulate ourselves in our own beliefs. Separated from community, we entrench ourselves in our own positions in regard to politics, justice, a whole host of hot-button issues. I can convince myself of my personal piety while ignoring Christ's command to love my neighbor as myself. You say, it's Lent, and we're getting ready, hopefully, to give up something for Lent. I can give up chocolate or diet drinks for a 40-day period, and, and assuming I make it at the end of 40 days, I'll feel very good about my piety. I'll feel very good about how faithful I have been to Christ. But see, I can do all of those things. Uh, I can do all of those things for 40 days without really showing love and compassion for my sisters and brothers in Christ. During this 40 days, I can sacrifice myself. But will that sacrifice include loving expressions for other people? Um, I came across something... Uh, that's actually written by Martin, by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, excuse me, by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that is, that speaks very well of this concern about having both public and private piety. Let me share with you what Bonhoeffer says. Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. He will only do harm to himself and to the community. Alone you stood before God when he called you, Alone you had to answer that call, alone you had to struggle and pray, and alone you will die and give account to God. You cannot escape from yourself, for God has singled you out. If you refuse to be alone, you are rejecting Christ's call to you, and you have no part in the community of those who are called. The challenge of death comes to us all, and no one can die for another. Everyone must fight his own battle with death by himself, alone. I will not be with you then nor are you with me. But the reverse is also true. And this is where I was falling short in the last year. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Into the community you were called. The call was not meant for you alone. In the community of the called, you bear the cross. You struggle. You pray. You are not alone, even in death. And on the last day, you will be only one member of the great congregation of Jesus Christ. 
if you scorn the fellowship of the brethren, you reject the call of Jesus Christ, and thus your solitude can only be hurtful to you. If I die, then I am not alone in death. If I suffer, they, the fellowship, suffer with me. You see, the Christianity can't be just about those times alone, those times of personal piety, as important as they are, we must also live in community. And so this Lent, I'm embracing a different kind of fast, one that calls me into community. Joel calls the people of Judah to a solemn assembly. He doesn't call them to go off to a mountaintop by themselves. He calls them to assembly, sanctify the congregation, set the congregation apart as a group, call the children and the aged, the bride, uh, bridegroom and his bride, get everybody together, bring everyone into the same place. Joel knows that the answer for Judah isn't in isolation, but in fellowship. We see the same kind of thing in Jonah. Jonah goes to Nineveh reluctantly and preaches and warns of their destruction. And so Jonah call, oh, excuse me, Nineveh calls a fast a fast in which everyone gathers and everyone participates, even the animals, although it might not have been their idea. The prophets are not calling people to isolate where the walls between them only get higher. No, the prophets are calling people to community, to community where we build bridges, not walls. Uh, I think it's appropriate that the color for Lent is purple. Purple, that combination of red and blue, of right and left. That combination of differing opinions gets melded together in Lent as we come together as one body, as one church, uh, each one of us, all of us, acknowledging our shortcomings and asking for God's forgiveness. I'm learning that new kind of fasting. I'm in a group now that meets regularly that includes people from all sides of our current denominational crisis. I was in one such meeting just yesterday. I don't agree with some of the ones that are in the group, and I probably never will. Unity doesn't mean uniformity. Being united to my sisters and brothers in Christ doesn't mean necessarily that I always think the same ideas that they think or that they always agree with mine. But I'm learning to be in meaningful relationship with people with whom I also happen to disagree. I'm learning to be in meaningful relationship with people that I happen to believe are wrong on some important issues. But the reality is that we are all wrong on some things, aren't we? It's disingenuous to claim that I'm righteous because I'm right on certain points. And they're the enemy because they're wrong on those same points, of course, according to my opinion. It's, it's just not an accurate view of reality to divide ourselves uh, between those who are right and those who are wrong, those who are in and those who are out, because in reality, we have all fallen short of the image of Christ. We've all failed at being who Christ calls us to be. There is no moral high ground left for me. I am fallen just like my sisters and brothers with whom I disagree. I am in need of the grace and the mercy of Christ, just as they are. We can, we can divide ourselves if we like. We can claim it's for righteous reasons. We can appear as pious as we want, but in reality, 
Our divisions just give us an excuse to throw rocks at the other side. Our divisions prop up our own sense of self-importance, and they give us a platform from which to attack other people made in the image of God. On the other hand, living in community gives us the opportunity to learn the way of love. When we gather together with one another, even those we might consider enemies, when we gather, we have the opportunity to learn what love looks like. Loving community is the fast that God desires. I pray that this year we will build bridges where walls once stood. Amen.